Okay, we are in Sefer Zechariah, Perik Yudalid, Posik Aleph, Hineyombala Hashem, and it is the last Perik in Sefer Zechariah, and it is only appropriate that the most cryptic, obscure, inaccessible Navi in the entire uh, Tanakh would choose as the topic for his last nevuah one of the most cryptic, obscure, unfathomable incidents in Jewish history or prophecies in Jewish history, specifically the Battle of Gog the Magog. What we know about the Battle of Gog the Magog is mostly from Yechezkel. Basically, it is that in the Messianic era, but before the Mashiach arrives, there will be an apoplectic battle, a Armageddon of nations coming under the leadership of a man called Gog. He is the king of Magog, and they are coming to destroy Jerusalem. And out of that battle, which goes back and forth, Israel wins, and this triggers the arrival of the Moshiach and the days of messianic uh, redemption. Again, so obscure and so unfathomable is this whole incident of Golgu Mogo that the Rambam tells us in Mora Nebuchim, Guide for the Perplexed, the less time you spend on this trying to figure out what it is, the better it is, because there's no purpose to it. We will not know what it's about until it happens, whatever it is. Abarbanel um, says that this battle of Gog and Magog doesn't really concern Israel. It's going to be a battle to the death between Yishmaelim, the Muslim world, and Rome, the Christian world. And that is going to be the subject of the battle. Um, and so, as you say, it's filled with mystery and obscurations, and we just don't understand it. And as the Ramam says, we may be better off not even diving into it. Uh, nothing is gained by it. So, with that, we begin. Says Zechariah, Hineyom Balashem, Bechulak Shalech Bekirbeh. The day is coming, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and they will divide the spoils, the booty, in your midst. So does that mean that B'nai Israel is going to win this war and divide all the riches and wealth of the nations that were attempting to conquer it? Or does it mean that its wealth will be taken as spoils? We don't know. Mephoshim are kind of divided on it. Says the Navi, Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to gather all the nations to come to Yerushalayim, for war. And this is at the beginning. The city will be plundered. The houses will be destroyed. Women will be raped and violated. The Yotza Chatsi Ha'ir Bagolo, 
half of the city will go out in exile. The Yeser'am lo yikores in her ears. And the surviving half will not leave the city. Does that mean they're killed? That they survive. No, they will survive. Why? I mean, just theoretically, I know we don't understand that we're not supposed to understand it. I'll go with Rambam on that. Why would this be the way to Mashiach? This is, it's, it sounds, it's just, it's, you know, it's like I saw this video of this young woman who's captured by Hamas. They, they made a video of her. I'm thinking, why is this young woman the victim? You know, why her? She's a beautiful young girl and she's being held by Hamas and just wants to go home. It makes no sense. That certainly would be beyond the ken of my sphere. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's a... It's frustrating, though. It is a very frustrating question. It's a valid question. In other words, why go through this whole thing? Um, And, uh, you know, some say, this you or some of us, including Rip Schwab, mentioned that it's a possibility that it happened already, Gogumogo, that... The atomic age, the bombing of Hiroshima, was the beginning of Gogu Mogo, the total annihilation of the world. In any case, <coughs> and the Kaddish Baruch Hu will come out just when it looks hopeless and fight for B'nai Yisrael like the day beyond Karov, as Rashi says, on the Yamsuf, on the Red Sea. In other words, just when you thought it was hopeless, the Kaddish Baruch Hu comes out and he takes over the whole situation, as the Chumash says, Atem Tachrishon Vashem Tilochem. You keep quiet, you do nothing. The Kaddish Baruch Hu will fight so, the battle so, for you. So why would... I mean, why does it have to be that he's Hashem? Why doesn't he just make peace? Why, do we, why does everyone have to die in this very dramatic fashion? Because since he has, he's omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful, yes. just stop it. <laughs> Fair question. Fair question. This is why the Rambam says, don't even spend a minute, or don't use a brain cell on this, is what he's saying. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu Kaviyachal, this is attributing anthropomorphic powers, the Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't stand astride a mountain. He will stand on Har Hazetim, which is Al Pnei Yushalayim Mikedim, the east of Jerusalem. V'nimka Har Hazetim. And that Mount of Olives will split in half. Mechetziah, Mizracha, Yamah. It will split right down the middle between east and west. And it will create Gai Gadola, a huge valley from the split. Umash Chatsi Hahar Tzafona, Vechetziah, Negba. And half of the mountain will push as if by itself. Uh, north, the other half south, creating a huge gorge that goes from one end to the other. Benastem el You will flee. You will flee in panic, 
And because of this path, and the implication is there's an earthquake. And you will run in fright, you will flee in panic, as reminiscent of the days of Uziah, the king of Yehuda. So let's stop for a minute. You recall Uziah was a king of Judea who wanted to offer Ketores, incense, in the base Hamikdash. Problem is, he can't. He's not a Kohen. Only a Kohen can go into the Heichal and offer Ketores. But he went in, immediately struck with Saras, and an earthquake follows. So it is going to be reminiscent of that earthquake we made in Ziyar. However, a big difference. And now at this point, Kodesh Baruch is going to come with all his angels with him. This is going to be different because like we learned in the Navi, with Uziah, people, uh, Yechezkel says that he saw at that moment the withdrawal of the Shina from the Beis HaMikdash. He wasn't even there, he was in Bovel, but he saw the withdrawal of the Shina. This will be the opposite, the restoration of the Shina. People will not run from the Beis HaMikdash, they will run to the Beis HaMikdash because the Kaddish Baruch Hu has appeared with all the heavenly hosts, as it were. or It will be neither light, nor dark. Hashem will be a day unique to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Lo yom, below Laila will be not day or night. In other words, you will not know you're going to win, you're going to lose. It's going to be good, it's going to be bad. It's sort of like a hazy sunset, the Mepharshim said. However, in the evening, or In other words, at the end of the day, there will be God's light and you will triumph. And we've had this metaphor only yesterday. Water will come from the base Hamikdash, a spring from Yerushalayim, that as we said would be Metahir, all those who are impure, Chetzyam el Hayam HaKadmoni, but in two directions, one going east, it will be going from, let us say, the Mediterranean to the Dead Sea. And the miracle is, in the summer, it will not dry up from the heat. In the winter, it will not freeze over. It will be a constant stream. And of course, we have the Abarbanel and other Mephoshim telling us this is metaphorical. Don't take it literally. It's Ein Mayim Elatira. This is the word of Tyra going forth as far as your east to west. Moreover, we just said that in Olenu, that the Kaddish Baruch Hu on that day will be the Kaddish Baruch Hu, one God, and his name will be one Ushmo Echad. The Rambam tells us there are many names for the Kaddish Baruch Hu, but the one highest in priority is Echad. He is the one. Echad is the shame hamaforash. You don't pronounce it even. 
and that what will happen in those days, it will be the known name of the Kaddish Baruch There will be no fear of pronunciation. It will be the name used to describe the Kaddish Baruch Hashem Echad Ushmo Echad. Yiso Kolaaretz Ka'arva, and now the land, whether it's around Jerusalem or the entire land, will be flattened Ka'arava, like one giant plain, Migeva Lirimon, Negev Yerushalayim, Barama, Yoshua Tachtov, and it will be flattened out, all the terrain that will accentuate the height and majesty of Yerushalayim. And, and the Har Habayis. And it will extend from Shah bin Yamim, Ad Makom Shah Harishon to the first gate, Ad Shah Hapnim to the inner gate, Umigdol Hananel, the tower of Hananel, Ad Yikvei Hamelech, until Yikvei Hamelech. Rashi interprets Yikvei Hamelech as far as the head of the Kaddish Baruch to literally the Atlantic Ocean. In other words, the whole known world will become incorporated into the territory of Bnei Yisrael. The Yoshuba, and they will dwell there. The Cherem Lo Yiyuo, there will be no more destruction, no more war. The Yoshua Yushalayim Lovetach, and Yushalayim will dwell in security. Now those nations that attacked Israel. This will be the plague, this is what will happen to those invading nations. Its skin will melt, even as it's standing, the individual is standing, his limbs will fall off. His eyes will melt in their sockets. Their tongues will melt in their mouth. And the idea of this is no one can assume this is accidental or natural occurrence. Everyone will realize this is the work of the Kaddish Baruch there will be such panic upon the people that they will not trust each other. They will turn one on the other. So one may extend his hand to help his friend. The other one thinks it's an attack and turns against him. It is like a mass-induced hysteria. Also, Judah will fight against Jerusalem. This refers to that incident we learned two prokim ago, where in the final siege they coerce Yehuda as prisoners, but then it is soon straightened out. And after that, they will gather all the treasure of these nations. The gold, Zahav, the Keset, the Gudim, the clothes, Lerod Ba'od. It will be unfathomably great. V'chein tiyem ha'gefas, and this plague will extend hasus to the horse, ha'pered, the donkey, ha'gamol, the camel, ha'chamor, a donkey, v'chol behemah, ha'sher yu, b'machanos ha'chema, kemagefah ha'zot. 
they will all be destroyed. We're speaking specifically of the enemy. And as for the remnants of all those nations, they will go up to Yerushalayim, and listen to this, to bow to the They will celebrate Sukkot. Why? Sukkot of all things. So, one of the Mephorshim statement of the three regalim, Pesach, Shuvah, Sukkot, Sukkot is more impersonal. The other two are indigenous to the Jewish people. Pesach, delivery from Mitzrayim, Shuvah, Matan, Torah. Sukkot, we shall dwell in booths. It's something that is um, not a direct religious imprimatur, and so they will come to celebrate Sukkot. But that's not the only reason. They will come because it is in Sukkot that rain is decreed for the year. How much rain you get will be determined by your tzvilos on Sukkot. So they all live in an agricultural society where rain is vital. They will go up for Sukkot. A final interpretation is the Gemara tells us that the nations came to the Kaddish Parhu and said, it's not fair. You gave Israel all the mitzvot and all the acts to do and nothing to us. Of course, we are not in the same treatment as Israel. The Kaddish Parhu says, all right, I'm going to give you one mitzvah. It's the sukkah. You will dwell in the sukkah. And it turns out they can't stand it. It says the Agadah, they hated it. They kicked the sukkah down. And so that was the given the opportunity, which the Kaddish Baruch Hu obviously knew they would not take. But that is why Chak Sukkot. And finally, guess which mafter they read on the first day of Sukkot, Yud Dalit of Zechariah. And those Nations that do not go to Yerushalayim, Nishtacharos, Lamelech Hashem, Sa'ot, below Alehem Yeh Agashem. They will lose the rain. They will not get the rain. That's the time to ask for it. You're not there. Pasha, you're not going to get it. The Imish Rechat Mitzrayim, Mosalah, now we single out very strangely Egypt, below Ba, below Alehem. Remember, Mitzrayim does not need rain. It has this unique thing where the Nile overflows and fertilizes that fertile crescent in Egypt, and that's where the products come. So Egypt could well say, we don't need rain. We're not going. So the Kaddish Baruch Hu says if Mitzrayim doesn't go, one, they will not even have that overflow of the Nile, their counterpart that makes them so confident of that they don't need to pray for rain will be taken from them. And Tiyeha Magefa, this Magefa I described of um, the eye sockets melting, the limbs melting uh, will happen to them. They will get the punishment as well as being deprived of a source of rain. They will suffer that same punishment. 
זוז תהיה חטס מצרים וחטס כל הדיים, אשר לא יעלו לכל ישחק הסוכות. They didn't come up to spread סוכות, that will be their punishment. Very odd, but understandable in certain ways. ביום ההוא יהיה על מצלוס הסוס קודש להשם. And it will be written on those ornamental cups that are on a horse, sanctified to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. What does that mean? It means that the people will be so plentiful in the Beis HaMikdash, the Korbanos so many, that you will need every available vessel to hold the wine, to hold the Korban, to cook the Korban, that they will even commandeer those vessels, those little decorations on the horse as a vessel holding the Korban. And the pots, the cauldrons that cook the Korbanos in the Beis Hashem will be like the Mizrakim Lutnei Mizbeach, those uh, pans uh, or pails that are before the Mizbeach. Every pot, every container will be dedicated to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, sanctified because it's needed as a vessel to bring Korbanos. Kaddish Hashem Torah. They will take them, they will cook in them. They will not be, it's not a Canaanite, but it is rather a merchant, a salesman. You will not have anybody selling anything to the pilgrims that come up because everything will be donated to them. Everything will be given to them. There's no need to buy anything. So it will be unnecessary, so by Yom HaHu and in those days. And so that concludes Zechariah, and yet as obscure and as difficult to comprehend as he was, his final message is lucid and clear. A redemption of Yerushalayim, the centricity of base, uh, I don't mean since centrality, of base hamikdash in our era, the person, each person fulfilling Hashem's will, and the centrality of Jewish people in Jerusalem in the lives of all the nations of the world, a world order where there is peace, where there is an understanding that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is the architect and creator of the world, and we, Israel, are his people. And Bechein Yer that concludes Sakharia and Yitz Hashem tomorrow, we begin Malachi, the last prophet, 8.45 a.m. Be there, you will not want to miss it. Ad Khan.